Hello and welcome to Life by Lil Radio. I am Lil and this is my podcast where I talk about being in wonder and the creative book of wonder and this, this is the first episode of books I love. I have so many books that I read at once. I have, I, I think it's like seven books that I'm reading, reading at the same time. I have them all over my house. So depending on where I am, I, I read on the books. And, um, but I, firstly, I, I would like to share with you a book that is my favorite book, my favorite author. Um, it just blew my mind and inspired me so much. And uh, the, this first episode so it goes to The Name of the Wind with Patrick Rothfuss. Let me read the back of it. It says, I have stolen princesses back from sleeping barrow kings. I burned down the town of Trebon. I have spent the night with Fulurion and left with both my sanity and my life. I was expelled from the university at a younger age than most people are allowed in. I tread paths by moonlight that others fear to speak of during day. I have talked to gods, loved women, and written songs that make the minstrels weep. My name is Quota. You may have heard of me. It's an astounding book. Um, it's uh, 662 pages. <clears throat> A juicy, juicy-sized book. And... Um, it's his first book in fantasy. He's written a second one and a third one is in the making and we are eagerly, Patrick, eagerly waiting, <laughs> awaiting the, the final story. So I've stopped in the second book, mid, midways in the second book because I'm just waiting for the third one to come out. So, but now I can't take it anymore. It's been a year. So, but in the meantime, I would love to share with you uh, something from this first book. So, spoiler alert, if you don't want to hear anything from this book, spoiler alert, I will do a short one right now to give you a context of this scene. And also, if you didn't want to <laughs> hear anything from this scene, this is how I will be doing all my podcasts in the future. With books is my favorite scenes, um, often my favorite intros. And um, so it will be spoiler galore. Um, but definitely, if you don't want any spoilers, just turn this uh, podcast off. Find the book uh, at your local library or bookshop and read it. So, the recap. This book is about Quota, and he, in the beginning of the book, um, it, it just starts right off. It's this action scene. And after that action scene, um, there's this man who comes in who wants to write down his story. Then uh, Quota demands, if you're going to write down my story, you have to write down from the beginning until the end, uh, and that's it. So it jumps back and forth from his childhood to now time, and it seems like it's this mid 
middle uh, medieval times something he hasn't set a um a time but it's definitely not modern industrial times and um it's magical uh so you can just imagine uh what kind of space that's in so we follow quota as a young boy up until the time he's a teenager and he starts his um, education at a university. It's a magical university where he, um, he's been given a book by a fellow traveler when he was younger who traveled with his parents. Now this, these parents, they were killed, so he were orphaned. And this person had just left them for another city, so nobody was there to take care of him. So he had to mend for his, himself. And he worked his way in begging and finding ways to get money. He was hungry a lot. He was dirty. But somehow, around a time when he was um, encouraged to go to this school by this previous traveler, he actually came across some money. How you can write it, you can read in a book. Uh, so he just bought himself some um, well-dressed clothes and he was just missing shoes. And now we come to the scene of the cobbler. So this is the scene that I love. It's two and a half pages. As I've mentioned, Tarbion has two main sections, hillside and waterside. Waterside was poor. Hillside was rich. Waterside stank. Hillside was clean. Waterside had thieves. Hillside had bankers. I mean, I'm sorry, burglars. I've already told the story of my one ill-auspicious venture hillside. So, perhaps you will understand why when the crowd in front of me happened to part for a moment. I saw what I was looking for, a member of the guard. I ducked through the nearest door, my heart pounding. I spent a moment reminding myself that I wasn't the same filthy little urchin who'd been beaten years ago. I was well-dressed and clean. I looked like I belonged there. But old habits die slow deaths. I fought to control a deep red anger, but couldn't tell if I was angry at myself, the god, or the world in general. Probably a little of each. Be right with you, came a cheerful voice from a curtained doorway. I looked around the shop. Light from the front window fell across a crowded workbench and dozens of shelved pairs of shoes. I decided I could have picked a worse door to wander into. Let me guess, came the voice again from the back. A grandfather grey man emerged from behind the curtain, carrying a long piece of leather. He was short and stooped, but his face smiled at me through his wrinkles. You need shoes. He smiled timidly as if the joke was a pair of old boots that had worn out long ago, but were too comfortable to give up. He looked down at my feet. I looked too, in spite of myself. I was barefoot, of course. I hadn't had shoes for so long that I never even thought about them anymore. 
at least not during the summer. In the winter, I dreamed of shoes. I looked up. The old man's eyes were dancing as if he couldn't decide whether laughing would cost him his customer or not. I guess I need shoes, I, did, I admitted. He laughed and guided me into a seat, measuring my bare feet with his hands. Thankfully, the streets were dry. My feet were merely dusty from the cobblestones. If there had been rain, they would have been embarrassingly filthy. Let's see what you like and if I have anything oversized for you. If not, I can make or change a pair to fit you in an hour or two. So, what would you be wanting shoes for? Walking, dancing, riding? He leaned back on his stool and grabbed a pair of shelf, pair off a shelf behind him. Walking. Thought so. He deftly rolled a pair of stockings onto my feet as if all, all his customers came in barefoot. He tucked my feet into a pair of something black with buckles. How's those feel? Put a little weight on to make sure. I, um... They're tight, I thought so. Nothing more annoying than a shoe that pinches. He stripped me out of them and into another pair, quick as a whip. How about these? They were a deep purple and made of velvet or felt. They... Um, not quite what you were looking for. Don't blame you, really. Wear out terribly fast. Nice color, though. Good for chasing the ladies. He patted a new pair onto my feet. How about these? They were a simple brown leather and fit like he'd measured my feet before he'd made them. I pressed my foot to, foot to the ground and it hugged me. I'd forgotten how wonderful a good shoe can feel. How much? I asked apprehensively. Instead of answering, he stood and started searching the shelves with his eyes. You can tell a lot about a person by their feet, he mused. Some men come in here, smiling and laughing, shoes all clean and brushed, socks all powdered up. But when the shoes are off, their feet smell just fearsome. Those are the people that hide things. They've got bad smelly, smelling secrets, and they try to hide them, just like they try to hide their feet. He turned to look at me. It never works, though. Only way to stop your feet from smelling is to let them air out a bit. Could be the same thing with secrets. I don't know about that, though. I just know about shoes. He began to look through the clutter of his workbench. Some of these young men from the court come in, fanning their faces and moaning about the latest tragedy. But their feet are so pink and soft. You know they've never walked anywhere on their own. You know they've never really been hurt. He finally found what he was looking for, holding up a pair of shoes similar to the pair I wore. Here we go. These were my Jacobs when he was your age. He sat on his stool and unlaced the pair of shoes I was wearing. Now you, he cont continued, have old soles for a boy so young, scars, calluses. Feet like these could run barefoot all day on stone and not need shoes. A boy your age only gets these feet one way. 
He looked up at me, making it a question, and I nodded. He smiled and lay a hand on my shoulder. How do they feel? I stood up to test them. If anything, they were more comfortable than the newer pair for being a little broken in. Now this pair, he waved the shoes he held, are new. They haven't been walked a mile, and for new shoes like these, I charge a talent. Maybe a talent in two. He pointed at my feet. Those shoes, on the other hand, are used, and I don't sell used shoes. He turned his back on me and started to tidy his workbench rather aimlessly, humming to himself. It took me a second to recognize the tune, leave the town, Tinker. I knew that he was trying to do me a favor, and a week ago I would have jumped at the opportunity for free shoes. But for some reason, I didn't feel right about it. I quietly gathered up my things and left a pair of copper jots on his stool before I left. Why? because pride is a strange thing and because generosity deserves generosity in return, but mostly because it felt like the right thing to do and that is a, good, that is a reason enough. That scene, how the cobbler recognizes and honors the man's journey and what he's going through, how wise he is. I mean, to write that, you have to be wise yourself, don't you? So, these were two and a half pages of 662 pages of his story. So, I urge you to go out and find this book and read it. Um, And he dedicated it to his mother and father, to my mother who taught me to love books and opened the door to Narnia, Pern and Middle Earth, and to my father who taught me that if I was going to do something I should take my time and do it right. And all these books that I've read that were 600 pages or more, these books they inspire me to be even more in wonder and explore and and it gives me a, a, a break and to me most of these um, love stories straight romances that you can you can buy I do read some of them but they do have to have a flair of um, humor in them Uh, so I can enjoy myself whilst reading them. Um, but these books, it's, they are amazing. I also have, I also have another book with him that I love, where he takes one of the characters and um, gives her a, a story of her own. There's this one character that's just fascinating, and I love that he made her a story too. Uh, also, I will be reading uh, uh, some of the books from Marie Kondo, uh, Diane von Fistenberg, um, Seth Godin, Douglas Adams, um, Marco um, Miseroli, um, and Sean Greer, Stephen King's On Writing, and the uh, latest from J.K. Rowling. And um, 
give my thoughts and two cents on what I get out of the books. And maybe by listening to these podcasts, if you don't have a joy of reading, maybe this can inspire you to have a joy of reading. Because I used to think I was a reader of uh, only um, non-fiction books, you know, only books that, that I can learn something from. And that was until I found, um, oh, what's the what is it called? It's Hotel's Flowers by Lucinda Riley. Um, I found this little taster of that book, and admittedly, that is a romance novel. But the way she writes, it's also kind of like Patrick Rothfuss, where she's so descriptive that you you almost can smell the garden that she walks through, how she describes it. So I, I do love books that describe more. And I know there's all the elitists when it comes to books and how they're supposed to be written, that you have to think for yourself and imagine for yourself. Yes, of course, of course you do. But reading these books is like watching a movie. And also I do love uh, books like the Nakana Thrift uh, Shop from Hiromi Kawakami. Uh, I'm going to talk about that one as well. It's uh, also, it's not so descriptive, it's, uh, but still, still it's uh, quite enjoyable. And I also will be talking about the different ways of writing, the different ways of having a language, and some of these uh, podcasts will be Norwegian because I have some books in Norwegian as well. So looking forward to making another podcast on books I love and um, do make a message for me on Anchor FM um, where I create this podcast. You can make me a little message and let me know on books that you uh, read and uh, maybe I've, I've read them too and we can talk a bit and have some opinions about these beauties of stories. Thank you for listening and I will hear you the next time. <laughs> Bye.